Starting from scratch can be, bring a mix of fear and excitement. For those forced to start from scratch because of an external force applied to them or a decision that's been made for them, it can be overwhelming and devastating. For others, the decision to start from scratch can bring liberation and excitement as you look to the possibilities of what could be. While we might grieve the loss of what was, starting afresh can bring opportunities to look at things differently. If you were to start from scratch and build a new community, what would be important to you? Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to take some time in your word today. We ask that wherever this time finds us, whether it be in the auditorium now, whether it be at home, whether it be listening to the recording a little bit later, Lord, would you use this time? Would you use it for your glory, for the deepening of our relationship with you, and also move in us a desire to respond to the things that you're saying to us today? We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Around 20 years ago, uh, Ipswich City Council, which is just west of Brisbane, started looking at a future growth corridor to the south called Ripley Valley. All it was was farmland, paddocks and a few houses here and there. At the time, it was Australia's largest master planned community. I was invited, invited to join a team of national and international developers to help shape what this new community would look like. Over the next several years, we met and worked out how this community might be shaped for the future. I got to celebrate as the first residents moved into this new estate. But the City Council and the developers realised that while they could build roads and houses, the creation of community would need to be shaped through the lives of those who would call this new estate their home. For me, it's personally exciting to see that 10 years after my involvement there, I still see aspects of the community norms that I had the privilege with others to help start. Some 2,000 years ago, a small group of people became intrinsically connected around a common heart that would shape a local faith community and faith communities as they rippled out. I wonder if they had any idea that thousands of years later, we would be looking back at this new expression of community, which influences us today. But equally, what might we do to help shape the community that we live in, both now and into the future? How are we being moved to a new expression of community and how can we be faithful to the purposes of Jesus as we move? If you have your Bibles with you, then I invite you to turn to Acts chapter 2, where Dr. Luke documents the movement towards a new expression of community and the values which shaped and influenced it. In Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, we read this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all as the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. 
And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The first followers of Jesus had grown up within the Jewish faith, which looked forward to the coming of the Messiah, the Saviour of the world. But most people in the first century, century Israelite community did not accept Jesus as their Messiah. Some considered him to be a great rabbi, a healer, a miracle worker. Others saw Jesus as a troublemaker, a disruptor of the peace, and if not stopped, could undermine the delicate power relationship between the Israelite leaders and the Roman occupiers. Acts chapter 2 captures a snapshot of a new beginning, a new faith, a new community that was developing. But rather than conforming to the broader community, this new faith community starts to move in their values that reshape who they are and captures the interest of others. Acts 2.46 talks about this new community worshipping in the temple each day. Now, it's suggested that the location where this worship gatherings took place was on the eastern side of the temple precinct called Solomon's Colonnade, a covered area with enough width that people could easily congregate and teaching could happen. Still, it was also public, a public setting where passers-by visiting the temple could listen in on the teaching and after the meeting, hang around and ask questions and discover more. Rather than being some soapbox street corner preacher screaming hellfire and brimstone at people cringing as they had to walk past, imagine this more as like the good Burke Street buskers with a crowd that attracts a crowd. This new community was also invitational. There was movement because the word had passed around. They would invite friends family and work associates to come and to discover this new faith community. Another helpful thing to remember is when you're reading these verses that this was well before TikTok, YouTube, podcasters and even the canonization of the Bible, the New Testament. The collation of the New Testament didn't happen for another 350 years after these events in Acts chapter 2. They were living out what we have written down by Luke. So to understand what it meant to be a follower of Jesus in that time, at that time, you needed to spend time with someone who was already a follower of Jesus, the first disciples. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it gives this account. All the, apostle, uh, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Rather than solo Christianity, the believers came together as a new community to learn from the apostles. They moved to close proximity around those who would encourage them, inspire them, 
challenge them and reveal more about Jesus to them. They would learn from each other and discover um, and, and get excited about what others experienced of Jesus as well. The word devoted speaks of a constant investment of time and energy, a faithful adherence, a persistence, a sticking to the others like glue. The devotion was not to the apostles like some cult leader, but rather the believers saw um, or the believers were drawn to the teachings of Jesus as they saw them lived out by the apostles. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus calls the disciples to go and to make disciples. Not just to see people come to faith, but to invest in these new disciples, to see them become disciple-making disciples. So here in Acts chapter 2, we see the first disciples making disciples and teaching them to obey all the things that Jesus had taught them as well. This discipleship didn't just happen on the Sabbath, at the temple, but in people's homes as well during the week. The believers devoted themselves to fellowship. They shared life together. They cared for and looked out for each other, checked in on them, supported them and each other. The believers devoted themselves to eating together. There are many ways to eat together, aren't there? But there's something special about having a common plate or bowls on the table from which all the food is taken from. Rather than having takeaway pizza that this is mine and not yours or whatever the takeaway might be. It was an opportunity where there was a sharing, contributing to a common meal in the table and all drew from that same meal in the centre. It was a unifying experience. And all the more so when Jesus was remembered in the eating. There was an opportunity to pause and to remember Jesus' death and resurrection, that they would take time during the eating of the meal and that they would remember that in the future there would be an opportunity where Jesus would be physically present with them when they ate together. The believers would also devote themselves to prayer. Not just individual prayer, but praying together and praying for each other. Prayer is an intimate conversation with God. Prayer is not a teaching exercise or a method of sharing new information or gossip. Prayer is, about, prayer is not about talking to the other person in the room so much. Prayer is about talking to God. I remember a story being told of a, a Defence Force chaplain who was asked to give uh, or, or to say grace at a formal, um, uh, a, a formal meal. And around the table were all these generals and all these different people in high-ranking positions in the Defence Force. And there was one general that was quite anti-religion, anti-church and anti-the chaplain. And he always looked for an opportunity to have a little bit of a dig. And as this chaplain stood and said grace, this general at the other end of the table piped up and said, Chaplain, I can't hear you. And the chaplain quickly responded, I wasn't talking to you. Prayer 
is drawing the heart and mind together and engaging with Creator God. It's empathy and intercession. It's speaking and it's also stillness. The believers devoted themselves to prayer. Prayer um, with and praying for, but not in all things. The focus was praying to Jesus, who they follow. When the believers devoted themselves to these things, discovering more about what Jesus wanted for them, being committed to each other, sharing life while sharing food and praying for each other and the community in which God had placed them, this devotion, this commitment, this persistence moved them. It influenced them and it shaped them into a life-transforming community. It helped people to live life well. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. People who encountered this new community and those who belonged to it were attracted to it. It was different to the wider community. They could see people's lives being changed for the better. And the loving care and support that grew with each of the new believers as they discovered and lived out what it meant to follow Jesus more. And I wonder, if you could design a church community from the ground up, what would it be like? What would the essential elements be and how, and how would this demonstrate, be demonstrated by the faith community? What would the type of worship music be? The style of children's ministry? Would it be that they would meet at this time or at that in a particular type of building? What would, the, uh, would it be a charismatic sort of preacher or would it be the liveliness of the music that you would focus on? Often these things that we focus on and we look for in a church community can become almost like a shopping list for churches. What will this church do for me? Well, that's okay. And it's important that we do consider our needs. But if that's all we look for when we consider a church community, what's in it for me? Then we turn worship into worship. With a priority on us, as the consumers and the church community as serving my needs, my desires. And if I don't get my needs filled, if it doesn't suit me, then I'll move on. But the believers in Acts moved to form a new expression of community. Rather than seeing worship as transactional, where you took your sacrifice and paid your dues and received forgiveness, rinse and repeat. The first believers were moved by Jesus' love to express this love in ways that would move and shape individuals and themselves and the way that they related to others as well. Their commitment to others, and it moved them 
out of their comfort zones, out of a consumer-driven lifestyle to form a new faith community that values and was centred around Jesus' teaching, learning about it and living it out, devoted to each other and living out the realities of faith in more than just Sunday services, devoted to sharing life over food, devoted to praying for each other and the needs of the community in which they lived. Today, Jesus still calls us to be devoted, devoted to him, devoted to meeting together, to sharing life together, to praying with and for each other and the community in which God has placed you and sends you as Jesus' representative. When we are moved by this reality of devotion, then Jesus will add to our fellowship those who are being saved. Now, we can't put the cart before the horse. We can buy the fancy smoke machines. We can have the fancy lights that flash and spin. We can have the best worship band up front. And we can put a, but to put a spin on it, on Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 13, when we do all those things but lack this devotion, then we're little more than a noisy gong or a squeaky old rusty gate. But Northern, we are not that. Jesus calls us to move towards him, devoting ourselves to Jesus. And when Jesus is that common point, the thing that attracts us to the centre, then our love for each other, our concern and our commitment to each other will grow because we're drawn to each other as we're drawn to Jesus. And we're also drawn to and concerned about the world around us. Those people that we've been thinking about today in the different um, uh, cutouts that we've been playing with during the service and decorating for our, our wall at the front. We desire to see a difference being made in their lives as well. For people to come to faith in Jesus and to see this expression of a faithful community grow. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the challenge that it gives us about our devotion and where our devotions might be found. Lord, help us. Help us to get our priorities right. Help us to be moved to be this new community that you long for us to be. More than just bricks and mortar. Lord, it's about life touching life, about flesh and blood in, embedded in and, and reflecting your values in the world in which you have placed us. Help us to be and continue to grow and move to be this new expression of community that you long for us. Amen. So how might we respond today? How are you moved from a consumer mindset to a deeper community mindset how can you move towards this what are the things that are holding you back what are the things that you need to work on to develop to be committed to what time changes need to be made what area or areas of devotion could do with some attention is it growing in your personal relationship with jesus is it growing in your care and concern for others in this community, sharing life with each other, praying with, 
and praying for others as well. And who are you praying for that the Lord might add to a faith community? Who are those people that God has laid on your heart? There's going to be some music played. And as the music's played, I encourage you to respond to the things that God has been saying to you today. God bless you. Jesus.